This is New York. This is New York. This is New York. This is New York is a podcast from DNA Info. I'm your host, Gwen Hogan. Each episode, we visit a different one of the neighborhoods we cover. Today, we're going to go to the South Bronx with our reporter there, Eddie Small. He's spent the last two years covering the South Bronx for us, and before that, he worked at the Boston Current. Thanks so much for joining me today, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, so I guess I just wanted to start out by asking, so you've been covering the neighborhood for the last two years. I was wondering over that time, um, it's obviously a neighborhood that is um, being gentrified that um, like many areas of the city. And I was wondering if you could just talk about what things you've seen change in the past uh, two years since you started covering the area. Um, well, definitely since I've started, I think gentrification has become an increasingly hot issue in the area, specifically uh, the sort of Mott Haven, Port Morris neighborhoods, which are the ones closest to Manhattan. Um, I guess this all really flamed up. It would have been last fall uh, when there was a billboard that went up that said coming soon, the Piano District uh, was based around two really big new developments coming along the South Bronx waterfront. Um, A lot of residents were pretty offended and taken aback by that billboard they viewed it as a sign that you know the south side developer was going to try and sort of rebrand and take over the neighborhood and possibly where does that where does that term piano district come from and why was that so upsetting to the uh people in the area uh the piano district the developer uh behind the billboard said it was actually meant to be a tribute to the history of the bronx and to that area of the bronx specifically as uh you know a hub of piano manufacturing in the united states i think people were so offended by it because they viewed it as a rebranding they didn't really see it as a tribute to the history of the neighborhood they saw it more as a developer trying to change the name which they sort of viewed as a sign of you know everything in the neighborhood is going to be changing we might get priced out. We've lived here for so long, and you know now we might not be able to afford it anymore. Are there other elements that you've seen changing on the ground as you've covered uh, South Bronx neighborhoods? Uh, yeah, one thing that I have seen change a lot just since I got here is a lot more coffee shops and cafes. Um, I remember it was probably just a few weeks after I got started here in spring 2014. My editor asked me to try and put together a list of some of the best places to get coffee in the South Bronx. And it was actually a bit tough to find, you know, places that were sort of exclusively cafes and that really focused on just making coffee. And that has changed a lot since I've been here. Uh, There's a new place called Filtered that just opened up in Mott Haven. Uh, Starbucks opened up across the street from one of the Bronx courthouses. And then there's a Birch Coffee that just opened up by the Hunts Point area. So there have been a lot of coffee shops coming in over the past few years, and they weren't there earlier. So it's another change that we've been seeing. Which is a signal of another kind of development, right? I mean, some there is a link, whether it's fair or not. I do think a lot of people associate you know, coffee shops and cafes with gentrification. Um, I mean, I haven't really 
seen or heard of much resistance around the specific ones that have come to the South Bronx yet, but that is a link that people tend to make. So we'll see what happens with that. So, Eddie, while you've been covering all these changes, one thing that we're going to look at in the rest of the podcast is how there still is relatively little access to green space and waterfront space in the South Bronx area. Do you think you could talk a little bit about um, the industrial waterfront and what is going on in terms of um, what residents are asking along that coastline? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the waterfront access is definitely a big issue and a bit of a sore point for a lot of South Bronx residents, or I guess I should say lack of waterfront access is a sore point with them. Um, I think they see, you know, a lot of beautiful places like Riverside Park and East River Park and Manhattan, and, you know, they have a very lengthy and substantial waterfront too and they'd like more and similar access to it the way that people in other neighborhoods have um so there has been some improvement um i think the randall's island connector was a big event for people pushing for that um that's just an easier way for them to get from the south bronx to randall's island and you know enjoy water from there and all the parks there but um the south bronx itself there's still a very big push to just try and make the waterfront less industrial and more accessible with things like parks and trails and pathways and really just anything that would enable residents of the South Bronx to, you know, go up to the waterfront, hang out there, enjoy it the way that they don't really have many opportunities to do right now. And at the same time, it seems like that other areas of the city where industrial locations have usually been are relocating their waterfront facilities to the Bronx, right? Like for the example of Fresh Direct, which is getting pushed out of, or the city's relocating it from Long Island City to the South Bronx waterfront, right? Uh, Yeah, that was a huge issue in the South Bronx. There was a lot of resistance to that, but it looks like it's coming. Um, And then there there have been efforts. I know uh, the New York Restoration Project is working on something called the Haven Project, which would build two waterfront parks uh, along the South Bronx. So they're definitely, you know, despite Fresh Direct, there's definitely still a very strong and concerted effort to get as much waterfront access in the South Bronx as possible. It's uh, something a lot of people are really passionate about, and we'll see if they can pull it off. And in particular, there's one person who we're going to be speaking with for the rest of the podcast, Michael Johnson. He's an activist in the South Bronx. Do you mind just introducing him briefly? Uh, Yeah, so Michael Johnson, he's very active in the South Bronx in general, and I would say he's mostly focused on environmental activism, uh, which is, you know, going to be things like improving waterfront access and just improving the health of the South Bronx by improving its environment. Uh, So, yes, he's very big on getting more waterfront access, just developing the waterfront, and really just making the South Bronx as environmentally friendly of a place as possible. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Eddie. Thanks for having me.
So from here, you can see the beautiful skyline of Manhattan, right? You see the green fields of Randall's Island. You see a beautiful park in Astoria. But then when you look where we are, there's a big difference. Why does that difference exist? And that's what we're trying to change. This is Michael Johnson. Some of the time he works as a realtor in Mott Haven, and he helps renters with roots in the South Bronx buy houses so they won't be priced out. Hey, brother. I helped him get an apartment across the street. <laughs> um, Other times, he's a neighborhood activist with his organization, South Bronx Unite. As part of that organization, he leads bike and walking tours, like the one I'm on now. Today, we're with some students from Macaulay Honors College, one of the CUNYs. Hey, I'm Gwen. Um, this here is a main center of Mont Haven. Uh, of course, the train is here, but it's also it's the first stop in Manhattan, from Manhattan in the Bronx, um, a landmark neighborhood that always was a melting pot for immigrants, and from the Dutch to the German to the Irish. Um, to the Puerto Rican, then to an African American, then Dominican, now West African. So a true melting pot of people come to this community, come to the United States to live in the South Bronx here because it has always been an affordable place to live. But Michael's tours are a bit different from neighborhood tours you may have heard about or been on before in different areas. Instead of pointing out historic buildings or businesses or listing important residents, though there is a bit of this on this tour, Michael's tours center around what's missing. Being a community of 90,000 people encircled by water but having no way of getting into it, when every other part of the city that's a peninsula community is trying to, they're accenting those points. Waterfront access. If people want to live or be by water. As human beings, we feel better by it. It's wrong to have us this close to it but have this be the scenario for, for 90,000 people and need to have to go somewhere else outside of their community to get to something that would enhance the way they feel about themselves. Like I mentioned before, sometimes these tours are on foot or by bike, but we don't have bikes and we're a relatively small group, so we hop into Michael's car. And he takes us across the southern tip of the South Bronx Peninsula, a massive industrial park that's home to power plants, a wastewater treatment facility, warehouses, newspaper printing facilities, dumps. The list goes on and on and soon Fresh Direct. The Budweiser dis distribution facility came from Queens. Fresh Direct is coming from Long Island City. FedEx, like I mentioned, is coming from on 34th Street in Manhattan. The Fulton Fish Market wasn't always announced point. It's, that's about 15,000 truck trips going there every day. Michael's organization, South Bronx Unite, has developed an ambitious plan to get Bronx residents waterfront access. But their focus point isn't on getting industry out. It's about using land that's already vacant or underused. There are sinkholes. Every rainy day, that hole gets bigger. There's a slanted bulkhead that looks like it's about to keel into the river. Look how it's about to fall into the Harlem River. I get photos of this for the last four or five years, and it just progressively gets worse and worse from every snowstorm, every rain, every winter. There's the remnants of a wooden pier that was destroyed in an explosion decades ago and then ruined even further during Hurricane Sandy and it still hasn't been touched. They destroyed the pier, they never put it back. No elected official made them put it back. The city didn't require them to do anything, but leave it like this. There's a parking lot owned by the state right near the water. About 20 acres of land 
and that during the week, like I was mentioning, only 10 cars is parked. And there's a scraggly patch of beach line blocked with barbed wire and littered with broken glass. People come here, go underneath this barbed wire fence, go out there with their families and fish because we have no access point to water. What do you think our kids feel like when they have to walk underneath that barbed wire fence to go out there to fish? I've seen a family, got a picture of a family on that rock, that big rock, laying on it like they're at a beach. That's no way for people to live anywhere in the city, anywhere in the United States, but especially when you're looking at something and you can see the difference in your eye shot. That's environmental injustice. We're not saying remove industry, we're saying areas that are totally underutilized, nothing's going on, let's create something that's quality life enhancers. South Bronx Unite's waterfront plan involves connecting these little areas with a shuttle system and bike lanes so people who live in the area could easily get from their homes in the residential parts of the neighborhood to the water. And it seems like there's some progress in the pipeline. The New York Restoration Project has taken the helm for fundraising efforts to restore the decrepit pier on 132nd Street. And City Council Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito is pushing to restore another piece in her district. And for Michael, the fight for waterfront access is even more urgent as gentrification and development encroach on the South Bronx. So we're trying to say we need to create our green spaces before development so the community has the feel that it's for us. At the end of the tour, we end up in Brook Park. It's a sprawling community garden in the heart of Mart Haven. Yeah, so this is Brook Park. Here, surrounded by his neighbors, kittens, trees. You could see why Michael's pushing for more of this. Public space for his community. You got gloves. How are you? That's what oh, good I morning, said. How are you feeling today? I'm doing well. That's I'm good. good to see you. I know. We got a chicken coop right there. We get, we get fresh eggs. Oh, wow. So feel free to check out. We got a green greenhouse there. So this pretty much includes our... Music this week once again comes from the Free Music Archive and the artist The Silent Partner. You've been listening to This Is New York, a podcast about New York City neighborhoods. I'm Gwen Hogan, and thanks so much for listening.